You're listening to episode 33 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. These are real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story as a widow and many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. Hello listeners, a quick reminder before I get started, you can help support Widowcast if you shop at Amazon, go there through my new affiliate link at joannethelifecoach.com slash Amazon and set that as your favorites link to go to Amazon. You don't pay a penny more for anything that you shop for and buy on Amazon, but Amazon will send me a few pennies off of the purchase to help support Widowcast Podcast. So hook me up. I really appreciate it. I am right now undertaking a process that is terrifying and exciting all at once. My book, Widowed, is targeted to be released on Amazon in Kindle format in mid-October, if all goes well. As my gift to all of you, I will be initially offering it as a free download. All you need to do to be notified of the book release and how you can download the book for free is to drop an email to me at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. In the subject line, you can just put the book title, Widowed, and in the body, let me know you'd like to be advised about the book launch. When you receive notification about the launch and the link for the free download, I would encourage you to share that email with everyone you know, widowed or not. There are things in the book that might speak to others who are not widowed. Maybe it gives them a better understanding of what you're experiencing or another friend or family member who's widowed is experiencing. Perhaps the information on working on your own thoughts will help them with another issue entirely. My goal the day that book is launched is to absolutely dim the lights at Amazon. I want so many free downloads going out. I don't care if I sell a copy of the book or not. I just want to reach as many people as I can with it. So the first day the book is launched, I'll be offering it for free. Widowed is coming. Get ready. Now, in writing this book, in working with an editor, a couple things have kind of come to my attention. The first was that some of the chapters the publisher felt were too upbeat for a book on widows. And that gave me pause for thought. I know that if you come to me as a brand new widow, you come to this podcast as a brand new widow, you may still be in that place of so much pain that it's hard to think of a positive outlook or anybody else who's widowed with a positive outlook is hard to take. I want you to know I understand that entirely. I was widowed myself a year and a half ago. And a lot of the widows and widowers that I've connected with, they initially are very bitter towards widows who are beginning to try to take a more positive outlook on life, even though they're still dealing with their own grief. When you're in that long, dark hole, it's hard to 
try to look forward in any way at your future. But the time comes that you need to. My other thoughts on that were, I need to have some positive chapters in the book because there are plenty of books out there for widows that are all dark (laughs) with nothing positive in them. I know because I read a lot of books when I first became widowed. A few books um, I enjoyed reading their personal story and then they immediately got down to brass tacks about what to do and where to file and, and all of that just kind of lost me because initially I couldn't even wrap my brain around the paperwork of being widowed. And you don't have to wrap your brain around that immediately. There's nothing that you have to immediately rush out and do. Maybe a couple of things. If your spouse was getting a retirement from their previous employer or there's some kind of retirement account set up that is going to have survivor benefits on it for you, of course you want to reach out to them right away. But most of that stuff, most of that stuff can sit on the back burner until the fog begins to lift for you. So I found that interesting that um, they felt the more positive, upbeat chapters needed to tone down or be later, further back in the book. That's hard for me because what I'm here for is not only for you to be able to hear the stories of other widows that you can identify with and know you're not alone, but to also to help you see how to get through this. That's our number one question as widows. How do I get through this? And that's what I want my book to do. In the book, I do address a lot of the obstacles that we encounter. Um, The obstacle of going through your spouse's personal belongings, the opinions of others on the length of our visible grief. If you are showing visible grief for too short of a time, it might raise an eyebrow. (laughs) They tell each other she must not have loved him very much. If your grief goes on too long, it makes them uncomfortable and they wish you would get over it. At either end, it's not fair because every one of us deal with our grief in a different way. We show it in different ways and it takes a long time. That's one of the other obstacles of friends dropping away. I think they drop away because we represent their own mortality. Some people turn away immediately because it's just too hard for them to look at the face of death, which is what you become. They see their own mortality or they just don't even have the words to say to you and they don't know what to say. So they turn away. Memories pop up at us at every turn. I've been a widow a year and a half now, and there are still things that just catch me. I open a drawer that I haven't opened in a long time, and suddenly I see something in the drawer that just sends back a flood of memories. A friend posted pictures from Arthur Avenue in the Bronx on Facebook, and I took one look at those pictures, and years ago, Jim and I used to go once a week to have lunch at the big market on in Arthur Avenue. There's a 
big enclosed market. It's huge and lots of vendors selling vegetables, selling all kinds of things. And in the back, there was a deli counter with Italian food and tables. And we would go there once a week and have lunch on Arthur Avenue. And just like with that one picture, all these memories flooded back. But they were wonderful memories. I really missed it, though. I missed that we used to do that. Your work, your job can give you focused and respite from the grief during the day. But it's a way of almost delaying grief when you are diving into your work. Because when you return home each evening, your grief is right there waiting on your doorstep. There's a lot of fear that comes up on the loss of our spouse. And that took me by surprise. And I even felt a little guilty that instead of mourning the loss of him that I was so in fear but wow does fear come up economic fear fear of being alone fear of being alone forever other obstacles are associated weight gain or weight loss or both I did both I think the first week I don't know how many times I actually fed myself Thankfully, the first week there were other people around so that they would say, let's go to lunch and I would go go get some lunch and it would be great and I would eat it. But those first couple weeks, I was in such a fog, I wouldn't even think to fix myself food. And I can't tell you how to, out of character that is for me because I've been someone with weight issues my whole life. Shortly thereafter, though, when I did start eating... I gained 20 pounds in the blink of an eye. Some of it was just the joy of eating things again that Jim didn't like. As a couple, you really make a lot of compromises. And, you know, there's things your spouse does not like, will not eat, so you don't make them for dinner. Maybe if you're out with friends somewhere, you might order it. But all of a sudden, you get to have it. I remember reading Dr. Uh, Joyce Brothers book on being widowed and her husband would not eat pork chops he did not like pork and after he passed away she was eating pork chops every night she was buying cooking pork chops and gobbling them down until she just couldn't even look at another pork chop loneliness feels like wandering in the wilderness It really does. Loneliness is a huge issue. No matter how busy you are with your work, if you still have kids at home, you're busy with them and you're trying to protect them from your grief because they're dealing with the loss of their dad. But at some point, the quiet descends at the end of the day and there is the loneliness, that big hollow emptiness. Uncharacteristic anger. And that goes on for a long time. We become angry and bitter. It's not who we are. It may be a character trait that you have never experienced in your life when you want to lash out at somebody else. But the anger is really the anger over having lost our spouse and the bitterness. There are couples and that comfortable relationship with a couple everywhere we turn are reminders. Or if you hear a couple bickering in a restaurant and you immediately think, no, stop it. Just love on each other. Don't they know? Don't they know how much they're going to miss each other if one dies? And it makes you angry. It makes you angry they're not cherishing those moments. So 
uncharacteristic anger can bubble up. And of course, as I said, there's financial insecurity often. It doesn't matter how much money you've been left with, how well you've been left after your husband passes away, or if you're suddenly scrambling for an income after your husband passes away. There's financial insecurity either way. It just happens. Emotional insecurity just happens. Doesn't matter how independent you were, how grounded you were. These things bubble up. Dr. Thomas Holmes developed this scale of life change units of stress. It's an interesting scale to look at. Psychologists use this to see how much stress is in your life. And it lists all kinds of stressors and where they are. The lowest end, let me get the scale open here. I really want to share this with you. Here it is. The lowest end has things like, um, oh, winter holiday season is a 10 on the stress scale. A minor violation of the law, like getting a traffic ticket, is a 5. If there is a change in your work hours and conditions, that's a 15. If you're having trouble with your boss, that's a 20. There's all these little things that work their way up. It goes all the way up. Foreclosure of your mortgage or a loan going into foreclosure is a 25. Um, a change of your role at work is a 35. Pregnancy is a 35. Retirement is 40. It goes right up this scale. The death of a family member who is not your spouse is a 60. Serious personal injury or illness is a 45. Guess what the death of your spouse is. First of all, I'll tell you, it's at the very top of the stress point scale. It's 100 points. 100 points. And if you add into that a lot of the little things that happen, it starts going up from there. The financial change is 38 units. Revision of personal habits is 24 units. A change in your social activity is 18 units. A change in living conditions, 25 units. You're already over 200 units, far more than anyone can handle during the course of a year. The recommendation is to seek professional help at that point. Oh, and sleeping less than eight hours, tack on another 25 units. That's why my coaching business began to change over. My initial focus as a life coach was working as a certified weight loss coach to kind of get over the diet mentality, more coaching diet recovery. But my business began to change over into my becoming the widow's life coach as more and more widows have reached out to me. And that's really where I've been taking the direction of my business business. As far as I know, I think I may be the only widow's life coach in the country. The widow is a changed person and goes through a long period of some inner anger, bitterness, confusion. If you meet a new friend as a widow, they don't know the person they're connecting with is not exactly herself at the moment. Can we use our widow pass, please? 
it, this is interesting. It, it came to mind when I was at um, a writing retreat over the weekend. And there were a few people there that I had met over the past year after becoming widowed. And I suddenly realized they only know me as who I am right now. And I'm still going through this this grief and this mourning and going through a lot of the emotional turmoil still as a widow. They didn't know me when I was grounded and carefree. Boy, and I realized I need to cherish those friends. Because if they love me as a friend, when I'm going through a period in my life that I am so stressed still, these are good friends. You may be feeling insecure, frightened, constantly sizing up situations, feeling inferior, like you've never felt inferior before in your life. But being over 200 on the stress scale over the course of a year is going to do this. Brain fog due to the stress level. I've gone through a year of not being able to remember people's names, and I still kind of struggle with this right now. I meet new people, and I may run into them a few weeks later and really have a hard time pulling out what the heck their name is. I think it's all part of that widow brain fog. And I think part of the widow brain fog, initially it's the shock. We go into shock when our spouse dies. And we stay in that nice little place of being wrapped in cotton gauze. Your brain protecting you from the incredible pain. And slowly that begins to wear away. But you kind of move forward in a continued brain fog that is the brain fogged of living in a high stress level until that stress starts to ease out. There's a sense of social isolation, even a plunge in social status, right in the face of enlightened feminism of today. There's still a plunge in social status when you are suddenly a widowed female instead of part of a couple because you don't have a man in your life anymore. There is servant status. Now, this is something I've never talked about before. It's something that isn't talked about. But I've just started to realize how prevalent service status, servant status is. You are alone with nothing more to do in your life in the eyes of others. So people start taking advantage of you. They may not realize they're taking unfair advantage of your time. Maybe they do employers will take unfair advantage of your time. I experienced that in the job I took right after being widowed. It was like, I don't have a husband. I don't have kids. There's nothing going on in your life. Hey, you're just sitting around your house grieving. So take over the phones, <laughs> right? Friends take unfair advantage of your time because they assume you're always home. You'll be glad to babysit or pet sit. You're sad. You need their child in your life for an evening. It will break up the grief for you. Isn't that crazy? And these are your friends who start taking advantage of your time this way. If they need someone to babysit, they're going to come right to you because, oh, you're always free. You have no husband. You have no family. So you become everybody's servant because you're available. You become a part of a minority group. Women without men. I hate to describe it that way, but that's really how it begins to feel. 
family may begin treating you like a child and stepping in to run your life for you. Because now that, you know, your kids see that their dad is gone and they think you can't handle it, so they're just going to run your life. Boy, run away from that. <laughs> Not from your kids, but really, you need to put your foot down. You can't let them just step in and take over. At first, it's comforting. It's comforting because you're still in that state of shock after losing your spouse. But there comes a time where you need to say, hey, back off. It's my life. I need to handle what's going on here. All these things are the obstacles that can come up even after you are past that initial fog of widowhood. These things are ongoing. You have maybe begun to pull it together, but still these things are going to pop up. And the amount of stress in our life is shocking after losing our spouse. We are all well over the units of stress that say you need to seek professional help. That professional help can be a life coach. I think that's the best professional help you can get because life coaching looks at where you are in this very moment and helps you see how to move forward. Traditional therapy tends to look into your past to see what's created the issues in your life right now. I don't think rehashing the past really serves you in any way when you're dealing with how you're feeling right now and you need to know how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? That's what a coach can do for you. Even if it's not a coach, find someone who will listen. It can be tough. There's challenges. When you reach out to groups on Facebook, you have to be careful. I went on Facebook and liked some of the widow pages on there. If you've been on Facebook, you know you can click a like button and then you can see anything they post will come up in your news feed or some of the things they post will come up in your news feed so you can see it. Liking some of those pages opened me up to all kinds of friend requests from sketchy looking male profiles. Going into joining widow groups on Facebook, same thing. And suddenly you find you're getting all these friend requests from men. First, they look innocent enough. They're widowed or they're divorced. But when you start looking at them, you go look at their profile page before you accept their friend request. There's your first hint. In Facebook, when you get the friend request, you can click on their picture and it will take you to their profile page before you click on to confirm the friend request. You go to their profile page and there's a picture of a good looking guy. A lot of them, it's a good looking guy with a young girl or a little girl to look like they have kids, but somehow the picture looks a little creepy too. You know, like a guy hugging a little girl in a park and you're going, really? Oftentimes that will say they have these fabulous international connections or careers. They went to college at some upscale college in the UK or um, they're part of the British Army. They're living in Italy. 
all these things. But then you notice there is like nothing else on their profile. Nothing else. Maybe just a couple things. But there's nothing like a real person would have on their profile page. It's like bare bones. And that's when you begin to realize that these are not even the guy in the picture. This is somebody trolling widows to take advantage of them. Okay. Creepy. <laughs> Just creepy. So you have to be really careful on Facebook. I have the widow cast page. Fortunately, that has stayed pretty clean. And if I ever do a widow's group on Facebook, which I might do, it would be nice to have a support group where everybody can participate and post. I will not only make it a private group where you have to request to join, but I will make it a hidden private group so that anybody who searches for widow groups on Facebook, it doesn't even show up. The only way you will know where it is is if I send you a link to the group. And maybe we'll do that. You can email me and let me know if you'd be interested in that kind of support. And if I set it up, then I will have your email address. I can send you back the link that will take you to the hidden private Facebook group. And I will know who you are because you emailed me off the podcast. I can let you join. I think that's a pretty good double blind. You can talk to a grief group. You can join a grief group. But there are drawbacks with grief groups as well. I've even had widows tell me thoughts that they were having and then say, this is a thought that I haven't even shared in my grief group. I wouldn't be comfortable even telling them this there, which I found interesting. But often in grief groups, there are not just people who have lost their spouses. There's people who have lost friends, kids, brothers, sisters, parents, um, there may be family members of some of the widows there. They just felt like there was going to be judgment. And they needed to be able to talk about some of these thoughts without judgment. And the best way to do that is with another widow on the phone, one-on-one. -on -one. Especially someone like me, because I've talked to a lot of widows, so that I don't only have just my view of widowhood, I began to hear the stories and the views of widowhood from many other widows. A lot of the thoughts that we have that we don't even want to admit to ourselves because there is so much guilt associated with it. And we think they're crazy thoughts and they're not. They're perfectly normal, natural thoughts that come up. So that is what's cooking with me, putting together this book putting on the finishing touches so I can get it out there for all of you. I can't wait to release Widowed. In the meantime, remember to check out that link to Amazon at joannethelifecoach.com slash Amazon. If you want to try Blue Apron for the meals that are delivered, shopped for, recipes included, Fabulous. Go find out more. You can go to blueapron.com slash Joanne. That's blueapron.com slash Joanne to check out the Blue Apron recipes that are delivered to your house with all the ingredients. I just got my new box yesterday. I can't wait to get cooking in the kitchen. 
email me for pre-launch links for the red carpet release of my book Widowed in October. And you can email me about that at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. Let me know so that I can get you on the list. And lastly, talk to someone, especially when you're feeling one of these obstacles coming up. Probably you have more than one of those obstacles I listed. I think I have dealt with almost all the obstacles I have listed. Find someone to talk to. You can reach out to me. I'll do a free discovery session with you on the phone. You can see if coaching is a good fit for you. I've got a couple of coaching packages. I can make a recommendation for you. Just go to talktojoanne.com to schedule that free phone call with me. That's talk, T-A-L-K, to T-O, Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, talktojoanne.com. Takes you right to my scheduling calendar. Have a fantastic week. Take good care of yourself. Understand where you are on the scale of stress units, meaning wrap yourself up in a blankie, give yourself a bubble bath, take some time for you and find some joy in your day. Until next time, 